This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hello and welcome to Alone Together, a coronavirus podcast. I'm Morvan McIntyre. And I'm Matt Millard. This is the podcast that tells the stories of the inspirational people who are doing their part to keep our local communities going. We also answer your FAQs about the lockdown and suggest practical advice to help you get on with your everyday lives in these extraordinary times. On today's episode, we look at how society is now adapting to the new normal as we spend our days in isolation at home to keep each other safe and well. We will hear from local family-run businesses who thought fast, adapted quickly to our current situation, tailored their offerings, and are now thriving as a result during the lockdown, whilst providing vital services to the public and helping those in their local communities. So coming up, I speak to James, founder of Wildbox, who talks about how he quickly set up an online fresh fruit and veg delivery service for the West Midlands. We're trying to just get the finest produce that's available and get that to the plate as quick as we can, really. That's our main goal. It's been a very positive start. We can't ask for any more in, in terms of the feedback we're getting. Obviously, it's a very negative time for some people, but we're just trying to turn that around and make it a bit easier for them, bring that bit of positivity back into them. It's been, it's been brilliant. And I speak to gin distiller Ray Clinic, based in Dalton, Dumfrieshire, about how he's managed to quickly supply key workers and the public with his World Health Organization accredited hand gel. Well, we've, what we did was initially we've diverted um, all pure neutral spirits uh, to hand sanitizer production, particularly when the levels were very much needed. But first, today marks the 75th anniversary of Victory Day where the United Kingdom remembers the end of the Second World War in Europe. Last week, Boris Johnson said that coronavirus is the single biggest challenge the UK has faced since the Second World War. Here's what he said. And it is still true that this is the biggest single challenge this country has faced since the war. And I in no way minimise the continuing problems we face. It's clear that whenever our country faces a crisis, we pull together and learn to adapt to a new way of life. Matt, how are you adjusting to this new normal? That's the thing, isn't it? I mean, it is strangely becoming normal now. We've kind of adapted and, and adopted this new way of life where we spend the majority of time in our homes. And I think the important thing to take, if anything, from previous episodes of this podcast is the ability to adopt a healthy daily routine where we're ensuring we're eating the right things and 
making sure we're getting our exercise in, going for our daily walks and so on. I think these these little things help us, you know, to get through this. Now, along with many of us having to get used to being stuck at home, the lockdown has also changed the way we are getting our food and essential supplies. Visits to the supermarket have become somewhat of a mission as we now have to wait in huge queues before navigating our way through the aisles whilst maintaining a two metre social distance at all times. And now with many stores only allowing one member of a household in at a time to complete the weekly shop, things have become tougher still. But leaving the house to visit a large superstore is not the only way we can acquire our weekly food supply. Earlier this week, I spoke to James, founder of Wildbox, a fresh delivery service based in Birmingham. He tells me about how he has adapted his business quickly and efficiently since lockdown restrictions were put in place and how he has introduced local fruit and veg markets to the online marketplace, bringing fresh local fruit and veg to the doorsteps of many across the West Midlands. So hi, James. How you doing? You all right, Matthew? Yeah, good, thanks. Well, if, we, if you could start by just telling us a little bit of background about the company. You know, how, how long have you been trading for and kind of changes you've made over the years? I understand it's originally kind of a family business. Um, we originally was in the wholesale sector uh, for since my father and my grandfather, but we just seen that the people, the struggle of people queuing in supermarkets. I thought this was the great time to start, really. Obviously, the fresh produce has always been a passion in my family since I've grown up around it, fruit and veg and flowers and plants. So we just thought we need to help and get, get started. So where, where was it that you were supplying to originally? So, in, I mean, started a long time ago. We, we had shops across the West Midlands, shops and markets places i mean it years ago it, it was a little bit different as a market stalls on most high streets mm-hmm. and we, that's that's how we used to sell but having grown up around it i decided to to kind of go into supplying the the restaurants as more people was eat, eating out um so at 20 i started my own company doing that so you, you've come from kind of food markets and and, and supplying to to restaurants and you've You've adapted quickly to this current situation. So I wonder if you could tell the listeners a little bit about Wildbox and what you did to introduce this home delivery service. It's a fresh produce delivery service. We're trying to just get the finest produce that's available, whether it be from the Birmingham wholesale market or we do do quite a bit with local farmers. We're trying to use their stuff as much as we can, but obviously... With the pickers, we can't. They're not able to pick this produce because of everything that's happening. We have to just mainly balance it out, whether it's being imported or local or from the UK, mm-hmm. and get that to the plate as quick as we can. Really, that's our main goal. Obviously, this happening, people are in isolation. They don't want 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 to open the door really. So we want to offer that service where they don't have to worry about that. They can just sit there, order it, and we'll we'll bring produce that's not been packaged or grown to size for the supermarkets, and we'll bring it straight to them. That's it, and it is you know fresh, fresh fruit and veg of a of a brilliant quality that you wouldn't necessarily find in supermarkets. You don't have to have the the worry of queuing up for supermarkets. Fresh fruit and veg ordered online direct to your door. And I have to say, there is some slight bias here as. Um, 
I know of Wild Box because they actually deliver my fruit and veg. And we, yeah, we came across you guys on, on Instagram, on social media. And, and yeah, I have to say, so, so impressed with what you're doing, the service that you provide, the quality of the food. It's absolutely fantastic. So I know from us, the reaction has been really positive. But have you, yeah. have you found the reaction to be, to be good across the board? You know, are, people, are people really taking on this, this new way of getting fruit and veg delivered? Yeah, I mean, in, in general, it's been a very positive start. We can't ask for any more in, in terms of the feedback we're getting. Just people's reaction, very positive. Obviously, it's a very negative time for some people. Mm-hmm. But we're just trying to turn that around and make it a bit easier for them, bring that bit of positivity back into them. It's been it's been brilliant. In in your way of adapting so quickly to to the current situation, um, yeah. you know, you've managed to provide a, a wonderful service and um, to the public, which is great. So we, we've kind of covered this briefly already, actually. But your the product the produce that you get, you know, where is it that you're actually getting this fruit and veg from? Is there any has, has there been any supply issues with stuff maybe that's coming from abroad during the lockdown? We 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 do get um, a lot of that stuff from the Birmingham market. Mm-hmm. Um, along with like, like I say like the local guys but a lot of the stuff does come from abroad like all the fruits and we're having a lot of melon and the pineapple but like for the last two three weeks as an example we've not been able to get pineapple so we have to try and adapt to move and put like we've been putting pomegranates in instead of pineapples and trying to change the melons around and it has been an issue we're not going to lie it has affected the price of me yeah. when I'm buying and obviously we're trying to be fair to the customer I, I don't, I don't want to rip rip the end user off if I'm getting a good bargain or a deal I want to try and pass that on to to the customer but we can see the the light at the end of the tunnel now to be honest with yeah. all the English stuff that's coming through we like as soon as it another English line comes through then we'll jump on that and we'll obviously try and promote the, the English stuff as much as we can. That's it. So, you know, not also supporting kind of, you know, British farmers and and, and so on at the same time, you oh, know, making, yeah. making the most of that local produce, you know, straight to people's front doors. Yeah, that's that's the goal, really. I mean, we'd love we'd love it that we, if we could grow pineapples in England and, <laughs> and, and oranges, but we just can't do it. But yeah, yeah obviously that we want to try and, help the local guys as much as we can and it's it's good you don't if we can take the mileage out of the fruit so it's it's just it's local it's better that's it fresher and and better quality straight away if if, if it's you know obviously if it's got less distance to travel so what what kind of what fruit and veggie are you finding that you're ordering the most? Are, are you playing to the to the seasons? Yeah, I mean at the, at the start it was very hard <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was very hard like it was just about trying to get the basics to the people like that it was i mean people was panicking like that we was having we literally couldn't answer the phones emails messages like we couldn't answer them we we we, we was trying not to miss people now kind of we've set up systems to be able to handle the calls and handle the messages and from the website and now the lines have opened up in terms of the produce and it's getting slightly better and the local stuff's coming in. So mm-hmm. now we can buy better to get the end goal and buy more variety for the people. So that that it, it's becoming easier now. Amazing stuff. Yeah. So it was kind of that initial reaction to the current situation where you're 
sole goal at the start was just to be able to supply the public with fresh fruit and veg. And now you've built these good systems in place now and you're starting to get an understanding of what people are liking to receive and so on. I mean, yeah. we've noticed just through our deliveries that, that we're getting new things. Now, I know my girlfriend made a, a special request for some rhubarb, which was which was lovely. Yeah, very <laughs> uh, nice, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 that rhubarb just to, was actually just from Worcester, from a farm in Umbersley. So, I mean... You can't get no better than that, can you? That's it. From Worcester to the centre of Birmingham, that's not far to go at all. So is this is this something that you'll see, can you see yourselves continuing after lockdown? Do you, do you reckon this is a service that the public are going to make the most of and see continuing after lockdown, still wanting to get fresh fruit and veg delivered to their doorsteps rather than going out to, say, supermarkets? As I said, we, we, this has been a couple of years in the making um, with ideas, but we just, we didn't know how to get it into the right area to start onto the right platform and then with this all happening i know it's a bad situation it was just the right time to start it and and get us out there and help people and 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 then they obviously hopefully they'll stay with us we've literally had very we've had no poor feedback but our plan is is to move forward like i said it was very basic at the start but we've all already started adding different produce on and different lines and the goal is to to go into different areas different sectors like like i said to you before this interview we actually it's flowers and plants as well is is in is in my family so i do actually want to do wild box flowers and plants we are adding we are actually adding lines trying to do it next week like flour and we've done eggs we're trying to we're trying to get a nice baker a local guy that we can work with so we can help each other maybe with the platform so he can put his stuff on ours and so has there been any heartwarming or uplifting stories since you started oh we've had we've had a few to be honest there was one lady she was all on it like got no family mm. she was panicking uh, and i don't think she was in the best of health and she she couldn't get spinach and <laughs> so we just we she ordered off us and at that time we was just doing basic boxes and we actually went to the supermarket. We was doubt delivering and we actually went to the supermarket for her and, and went and got her some spinach just to make sure she was okay. And and after she just, the reaction that she gave to us, it just kind of bring, brings everything back to reality, really, like especially in the current situation. It kind of changes the way that you, your outlook on life, you know. Yeah, 100%. You know, it's it's... It's easy to, for us as consumers, we're very consumer-led, aren't we? We're very used yeah. to just being able to get whatever we want get, and, 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 and almost fast, take it for, yeah. yeah, and fast and almost yeah. take that for granted. So, you know, you're doing a wonderful thing, helping us continue to enjoy such wonderful produce and fresh local produce, but then also helping those who maybe physically can't get out at the moment to to get the the goods that they want or, or need and that's that's a wonderful thing that you're doing if you try and do that anyway from day to day in your life you know yeah we should all try and do that more hopefully people will stick by us and keep using us and then we can just make it stronger and try and try not to lose what we're about which is just fresh produce it's very easy it's very simple good produce high quality that's what we want to keep to Amazing stuff. So if anyone's looking for to use you guys um, for the supply of their fruit and veg and, and plants in the future, where can they find you on social media and, and your website? We're on uh, Instagram, uh, wild underscore BX. We're on Facebook as well, wild BX UK. 
we've got our on, we've got our on our website online. It's all gone live. It took a bit longer than what we uh we wanted, but we got it there. We just we couldn't deal with it. We put it live and it just got swamped. Um, <laughs> so we had to take it back down. Um, but we got it up now and it's able to deal with the traffic. Um, and that's www.wildbx.co.uk. People hopefully will will appreciate what we're doing. Me and my girlfriend certainly do for sure, James. So thank you very much for what you're doing. <laughs> That's brilliant. And thank you for joining us on the podcast today. No worries. It's been nice chatting to you. That was my chat with fresh fruit and veg supplier, James. How have you been finding uh, Food Shop in Morven? Have you been making use of any delivery services since we've gone into lockdown? Well, because I live with my family, my mum normally goes out and does our food shop. And she'll kind of go to a range of places, whether that be a local supermarket or a local deli. So we are trying to support local businesses, but we're also shopping in supermarkets as well. What about yourself, Matt? Initially, when, uh, you know, the lockdown was introduced, many small businesses, you know, shut their doors straight away. And, and you know, we're trying to work out what was possible as we were getting this slow stream of information from the government. But I, I actually live... Um, in, in the city centre in Birmingham and slowly but surely s- some of these smaller independent businesses are opening and offering delivery services and, you know, food takeout and so on. So over the past couple of weeks, yeah, I've been making great use of, of these services. Obviously, uh, you know, making use of Wildbox's fruit and veg delivery service. Um, there's also some, some local bars that, are, you know, you can get wine takeouts, for instance. And even this morning... Um, my girlfriend went out and, and got us um, some fresh bread from a bakery down the road. We had you know, fresh loaf and even a sausage sandwich each, which, which was excellent. So yeah, really making the most of it now. Now, since the virus outbreak, the demand for hand sanitizer has soared. And as a consequence, so has the price point. Earlier, I spoke to Ray Clinic, co-founder and head distiller at family-owned business Origin Gin, about how he has been supplying hand gel to key workers and providing affordable hand gel to consumers. Hi, Ray. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Morvan. How about yourself? How are things? Good, thank you. What sparked your initial interest to start making hand gel? You know, was it a call from the UK Health Secretary to help or were you approached by the government directly? How did that process come about? Well, it was it was a mixture of things. Uh, we had sort of all the reagents, bizarrely all the reagents, part of the glycerin on site. And when we sort of started to notice that there was particularly a shortage or those individuals saying, gosh, I can't get a hand sanitizer. It just kind of very quickly sparked um, as a group. We said, well, actually, we can produce the hand sanitizer at the distillery. Um, and at that stage, I have to admit, it was the thoughts were it's a sort of smaller scale. It would be, you know, we would just simply use a little bit of uh, the hydrogen peroxide we had on site and that sort of thing. Um, but very, very quickly, we we received a lot of calls from agencies right through so being government agencies private business and a lot of private individuals that very much needed uh, hand sanitizer particularly in the sort of uh, the care side uh, of business and it it just very very quickly um, production sped up we changed our bottling line facilities uh, to be able to accommodate on the the sanitizer side uh, made a few changes and adjustments to tanks uh, but this all fortunately could happen over a weekend and this meant very very quickly we could produce larger volumes and you were talking there about your production process 
does that mean that your demand for gin has gone down or is that also at the same level and you're kind of juggling both things at the moment? Well, we've, what we did was initially we've diverted um, all pure neutral spirits uh, to hand sanitizer production, particularly when the levels were very much needed, um, you know, when, when whatever we could produce was, was uh, being needed. We sort of put a hold on that production side. Uh, fortunately, before that happened, we had very good stocks of, of gin, um, of, of our two products. So it meant that actually whilst we were sort of diverting resources and time to sanitizer, we still could fulfill any any orders or shipments where people fancied a gin and gin and tonic at home, really. And what is the key difference between making gin and hand gel? Well, I suppose quite simply, a lot of stages. Um, on the gin side, you're obviously looking at a very um, sort of mechanical process where we've got uh, big steam generators and using the distillation equipment. The actual sun sanitizer side is more about very accurate measurements and um, basically ensuring volumes are achieved using different reagents, different chemical compounds, and making sure that the end product is exactly as it should be. Um, so we've been following the, the World Health formulation, which was the, the government and HSC uh, approved formulation uh, because they, they appreciated that they had to react very quickly and being able to have some level of control over that end product is very, very important. So we, uh, we followed the guidelines. We spoke with the HSE and uh, it was all approved. And it was quite impressive, actually, how quickly the government listened to small independent producers um, such as ourselves, where people very much were asking the questions, look, we want to make sanitizer, but, but what exactly will you allow us to do? Because with a sanitizer, it's, uh, it's a biocide, which means it's got a, a lot of regulations and requirements. Uh, and they basically re- relaxed um, the red tape side, ensuring, you know, if you were a facility that could produce it accurately, they, they allowed it. Um, if you, for example, we're a, a suspended duty or a, a bonded warehouse, which means we've been vetted in terms of health and safety and that sort of side. So it meant that we've been given that approval in the past. So they were you know, happy for us to produce. And I was about to ask, so you made it first and then the World Health Organization quickly had to look at it and approve it. Well, they, um, they, they had the formulations online. Um, so from my, my previous degree where we worked, I work often in, in, on the biology side um, as a chemical biologist, we basically, I, I knew of a formulation that they, they had made. And so when basically I just made sure that we had exactly what they, they required, uh, went online, just checked it out. And it, it was just almost a little bit of happenstance that it was the one that the government also approved uh, straight up the way. Uh, if, if it had been a completely different formulation, it might have been a bit more complicated, should we say. And in respect to the materials used, how long does it take, you know, in the production process to make the hand gel? Well, I mean, in, in an ideal world, which we've, we were lucky enough that we managed to do, you know, it's produced all within 24 hours. It's just, it's very good to let it almost, uh, you know, as you mix it, it's very important that it's mixed thoroughly. And so that sort of period of time where it, it, it can settle in uh, sealed containers for about 24 hours and then you can uh, check the ABVs as a post-check and then that's that's uh, good to go really. I mean, it, it is just, it's a simple, quite straightforward formulation from the World Health. Uh, I think the, the reasoning behind the, the simplicity is it's for areas when you need it in a crisis and it's something that can be made that uh, also stands up to the test of being uh, against viral uh, virus and bacteria tell. And have you had to learn any new skills to make this hand gel? 
Uh, fortunately, the team, um, including myself, so as, as mentioned, um, on the chemistry side, uh, John, our general manager, he's a microbiology and biotech side, and Vita, our, one of our other distillers, he's also chemistry-based. So from sort of drawing on past, uh, past hours of experiments at uni at Al has, has been very helpful. Uh, so it wasn't so much new skills, it was just looking at our facility and how we could adapt it uh, to produce effectively and efficiently. And have you been required to bring on any more new staff to make the hand gel? You mentioned there that you had skilled people that were working already at the distillery, but have you had have you yes. needed extra people to do so? Well, in, in, interestingly, um, as a business, we used to um, operate a bar uh, for obvious reasons. Um, the bar is is not a, a, you know, functioning at the moment, uh, so the couple of members of that side uh, who've worked with us for, for since the beginning uh, were more than happy to sort of adapt their uh, pouring skills of, of normal alcohol to being able to use our measurement systems to pour into the into the vials. Uh, so it, it was sort of, um, in a way, we didn't have to take on necessarily extra, but it, we, it meant that we um, could use our team without having to say to them, well, I'm really sorry, we're going to have to uh, uh, give you an extended holiday, as it were, or, you know, or falaf or something like that. We, it meant that we could keep going as a, as a full team um, and, and keep production up. Uh, we we did actually call on uh, a, a sort of a local resident um, said look if you need any help with packaging or towel just give us a call and and I have to admit when when there was a very much uh, a huge shortage nationwide uh, earlier on we definitely definitely called on him a couple of times to to come and help get the uh, the orders dispatched and where have you been distributing the hand gel to and how have you decided who gets priority over the hand gel. Yeah, good question. Um, we've basically, we've been very fortunate that we had no um, sort of major shortages on any of the reagents or uh, any of the vials or glassware to, to be able to ship out the product. Uh, at the end of the day, we used our glass miniatures uh, straight away because there was a, a really huge shortage on, on some of the plastic vials and squeezy, more the sort of squeezy bottles you normally see in the shops. So we've, we used our glass miniatures uh, and in all fairness, we've we have the packaging that means that we can ship glass uh, effectively without any damage. But, you know, of course, there are some damages, but we, we minimize those with, with how they were packed. Um, so in terms of distribution, because we work with the likes of Royal Mail, DPD, uh, we've, we've sent orders for the Orkneys right down to, um, <laughs> down to Cornwall. So we, we really have covered, in terms of the public, we've managed to cover everyone that needed uh, without them having to come out or anything along those lines. We... At the very, very beginning, uh, we didn't advertise particularly strongly at all that we were producing uh, just so that we could really get the local community sorted first, uh, ensure that everyone had what they needed. And then that's when we started sort of reaching out um, through the likes of social media to say, well, look, we have supplies. Don't worry. If you need some, just pop an order in and we'll get that dispatched. And that, that's the public side. In terms of business, uh, it was really quite surprising the size and scale of the businesses that needed. Um, so we've been supplying sort of private businesses and, of course, uh, very much to the NHS and other government agencies. Uh, the NHS obviously uh, had to be taken in a slightly slower approach uh, in that we spoke at length with them and made sure that all the criteria they needed and uh, all the sort of conditions they needed, they sent the um, safety data sheets off to their infectious team to make sure that it it sort of fell into there within their remit and, and so on and so forth. Uh, and that, you know, it, fortunately they don't have a particularly large shortage in our area. So it meant that they could 
carefully check everything and make sure it's exactly what they needed before they, they, they could order. So that worked very well. Um, Timeframes worked. We can now support and, and supply to them, uh, you know, as they need it, uh, which which has been great. So it, it wasn't that we had to sort of particularly prioritize individuals or, or agencies. It, it was that we could keep producing. Uh, we we now are actually more considered a bulk um, chemical side for for the reagents, which means we can produce more and more. And it's become quite common for hand gel to have quite a high price point at the moment with the outbreak of the virus. But one of the things that you guys have done for consumers is you've made it £1.50 per bottle of your hand gel. So was that quite important for you to keep the price point at a reasonable level that was affordable to consumers and the public? Yes, uh, yes, very much so. Um, so what happened was initially um, when it was not known whether the duty would have to be paid on the alcohol there and then, because the way we function normally is uh, we use alcohol and as we turn that into a uh, finalized product, that product then is uh, duty bulk. So we have to pay the, the UK alcohol duty uh, like a gin. Sanitizer right at the beginning had no difference. Uh, it was still a refined product and so we've had to pay the duty. So right at the beginning, uh, it had to be that it was it was say two pounds fifty, which was it was slightly more, and we were we were acutely aware that that was more than uh, you know we wanted it to be because we know that if you had gone to large um, superstores, you could have before the, the the crisis, you could have purchased them for you know a pound or less. So we we always you know we we were semi apologetic, we're saying like really sorry, but we the duty has to be paid, and I have to admit the local community were really lovely that they completely comprehended and understood that and. We're really supportive, saying no, thank you guys for, for actually doing it. And then, um, as I said, the government didn't sort of listen very quickly. And from that, we could say, right, okay, duty, duty has been uh, removed. They've said, no, we, we understand this needs to be produced ASAP. And we also appreciate the duty makes it a lot more expensive. So straight away, we could drop it to 150, uh, 150. And if you are local to us or if you had vessels, we would, uh, we would do it at a pound, which is, uh, the sort of same price again you see in the in the larger stores. So it was something that we were very aware of. We we didn't want this to be a profit making exercise. This this was simply uh, it was needed. We could tell the community very much needed it, and so we as a team said, look, it's going to keep us busy, guys. But you know, at the end of the day, it is it's going to keep us operating, which was was important. I, I know you know I know the team was was a little bit concerned about with the bar closing. You know, would uh, everybody be able to keep working with together and 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 yeah the the sanitizer meant that yeah we were we've been working some quite crazy hours but it, it's meant that actually everyone's still smiling we, we do have a job for everybody which is which is great um so it's been um, a real balancing act we wanted to make sure that the sanitizer isn't um, sort of as I say, a profit making uh, project it was just it was a need and uh, the team I'm very proud of them how they've, they've stepped up to the plate and kept everyone busy Well, thank you very much for your time today, Ray. It's great to hear about how Origin Gin's been adapting and really been helping with the COVID-19 outbreak by producing and supplying this hand gel. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you for the call. It's been a pleasure. Ray Clinic, co-founder and head distiller at Origin Gin, speaking to me earlier. Now, I'm wondering, Matt, do you have a favourite lockdown drink? Ooh, that's a tough one there. And can I answer this without sounding like a raging alcoholic? Yes, um, I'm making the most of, so we, in these wild box deliveries, we, we have lovely oranges. So I've been blending up the oranges and 
Yeah, so a nice orange, fresh orange juice with a dash of vodka in, I have to say, is a fantastic drink, <laughs> which uh, surely is good when the weather's nice outside on the weekends as well. I'm, um, I'm probably, I don't, it would be hard for me to pinpoint my favourite lockdown drink. I feel like it changes a lot. So sometimes I've, I'll feel like having wine or sometimes maybe a gin and tonic or other times, like every morning I have a smoothie. So I guess that could maybe be my... <laughs> That could maybe be my lockdown drink. That's it, a nice healthy one there. I guess it depends on how stressful the week's been as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, that's all we've got time for for today. So thank you to our guests and thank you for listening to our podcast. So stay safe, stay positive, stay informed and stay tuned. This has been a laudable production from the newsrooms of Birmingham Live, the Edinburgh Evening News and the Manchester Evening News. You can download Alone Together wherever you listen to your podcasts. But for exclusive, interactive, immersive content, download the NTL app for iOS and Android. And you can keep in touch with me, Dan and Morvin by following Laudable on Twitter, where we are at Laudable Pods, or by searching for Laudable underscore podcasts on Instagram. See you next time. <laughs>